Hey, wacky teacherpreneur. I am so happy you're here again. Jess and I are back and we have different backgrounds. Jess is in Jurassic Park world. I wish that world actually existed. I think that would be incredible if we could, maybe Jess can tell us if that exists. I don't know. Um, And I am in, um, I don't even know where I am. I'm in cartoon land uh, next to some like diamond mountains or something. Are from Adventure Time. I think that's a show or a game. I don't know. Anyways, this episode is going to be uh, a kind of about a really tough topic. Um, what do you do when no one buys? You've put all this work into a product and no one is buying it uh, or, or a course or, you know, a YouTube video or anything like, or a, a, a social media posts. No one likes it. No one, no one. I I think it's, this is like really, really prevalent. Like this happens to anyone who has a business. They don't make money from the things that they're selling or like from a certain product or so like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, and how do you um, handle that? That's what this episode is going to be all about. We can't wait to support you in this. Welcome to the Wacky Teacherpreneurs Podcast. Your hosts, Jess and Amanda, have been friends and teacherpreneurs for years. Along with their successes, they've had lots of failures, foibles, and fumbles. And now, they're here to share it all with you. Stay tuned for some funny times and awesome business insights. Let's go behind the scenes of their teacher businesses now. Raw, unfiltered, real. Let's get started. All right. Welcome back to the episode. Yay. <laughs> I hope you were going to start, Amanda, but I love this topic. What do you do when you have stuff that doesn't sell? Yeah. Well, and. I have a ton of stuff that doesn't sell and it's painful, uh, you know, when that happens. What about you? Do you have stuff that hasn't sold? Well, I pretty much just shut down my Glowforge business because I got this wood cutting machine and I opened up my business a couple months before Christmas, two years ago. And it was just, the economy was different. Things were selling like hotcakes. I couldn't make new things fast enough. I was making more than my teacher's salary. It was a very exciting time for me. And then right after the Christmas season, my sales just tanked and they never really came back up. And I kept making things. In fact, my whole desk is full of things that I've made. And I kept making things that people would not buy they would not buy. And so I think if I were to give people tips, one, you got to be really consistent. And I'm bad at that because when I don't sell something, I just quit and go on to the next idea. Right. But quitting is consistent in a way, as long as you, you keep trying other things. Like sometimes you just have to keep trying. And I remember when I opened my TPT store, I didn't know what would sell. I made like 50 products in two months. I did not know which one of those products was going to float to the top of my, I didn't know if any of them would sell. So, I mean, business is always a bit of a gamble, 
you never know if you're going to create something that's going to start a wildfire for your career or your bank account, right? You don't know what it's going to be. Um, so I think you have to be really consistent and keep trying and know when to walk away from something because sometimes your ideas, we just had a short conversation before the show. Sometimes it's just not the right time in your life for that idea. And so you have to know to walk away, but obviously, you know, I think we should also talk about things we could try when, when it, when you have a product that you believe in and you know, there's a market for it. There are things you could do, like learn more about Facebook ads or learn more about Instagram ads. That's something you could do. Self-educate yourself on how to create ads and give yourself a marketing budget. You could also ask your friends and family to share your product. You could ask people, you know, like, hey, can you tell people about this? Ask other teachers to share about it and see if they will. You never know. Uh, You could also pay an influencer to talk about it. That is something big that I've heard about is, and this is the number one bit of advice that I always get when I buy a course. They're like, if you don't have a big social media following, try paying an influencer to talk about your product. Either send them the product for free or more often pay them money to talk about your stuff. And it's really just getting your product in front of more eyes. That's what sells products. And sometimes we just don't have the audience for that on social media or email list might be, you know, not up to par and we just need more eyes seeing what we're selling. So before you walk away, you should try some things. And you could also, my favorite tip for myself is self-education. I listen to podcasts. I listen to books. I try to understand, like once I failed at something, I try to understand why and what I could have done differently. And I listen to people that are really successful to try to get ideas from them. So I kind of go down the tunnel usually of self-education where I take a step back from trying to sell things. And then I try to figure out more you know, as I know, eventually something is going to click and help me. So what do you think about those ideas? Any thoughts? I see you brewing over there. I see things brewing in your head. I love it. Well, I have so many thoughts because uh, you said some really, really important things. uh, And I just want to kind of unpack them a little bit. So like my store, I don't know how many products I have, not very many. I I think I have like 60 or 70 products and that's not very many compared to a lot of sellers who've been around as long as I have. I mean, I've been around almost a decade and I only have 60 or 70 products. And of those 60 or 70 products, I mean, there's probably 20 or 30 that I don't think I've ever even sold one. I mean, these are all just guesses. I don't know the exact numbers, but there's definitely like a lot of products that I've never even like sold, I've sold zero. Um, and do I believe in those products? I feel like that was a really, that was cool. Like that you said that, because I think when you do feel very strongly about this thing that you made and that you feel like this can really help a lot of people that really gives you fuel and confidence to go and market in as many places as you can. And I think that accepting that people are not going to want to buy your thing, like realizing that that is the reality. It is a fact 
that there are going to be people out there that don't want your thing. Um, and I feel like and not taking it personally, even though that's really hard. Um, and I can kind of talk to something that happened recently if you want me to. Um, yeah, I think I, I think you know, like and having your feelings about it, that it's not that they're like rejecting you um as a person, you know, it's just like you said, it's maybe not the right time. Um it's not and I, I've actually heard statistics that like people need like to to be exposed to what you have to offer like 20 times before they actually buy. Like, for example, like Amy Porterfield, I've never bought, I've not bought one thing from her. I have put my email in for some of her freebies. So I'm on her list. Does that mean I don't love her? Like, I absolutely adore Amy Porterfield, but I've never bought anything from her. So they're just because someone doesn't buy your thing doesn't mean they like, don't want like they don't want to hear from you, you know, like in your email or whatever. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about all of that? Well, I actually saw an interesting meme on social media this weekend. Someone was saying, you know, you have to learn how to be disliked if you're going to be successful in business, because there's going to be a ton of people that dislike you, that have a strong opinions about you, that are going to say mean things about you if you put your stuff out there and you have to kind of just, you have to get over the discomfort of being unlikable. And I think it's like a really hard thing for a lot, especially as teachers, because what's something that we learn? We learn that every kid in our class has to like us or they're not going to learn anything. So we're constantly trying to sell ourselves and our personalities. But we have to realize in the world of business that it doesn't really matter if people don't like you. Well, and I think in your classroom too. You know, and I say that, like, I'm pretty blunt with my students, like, you're going to go through phases, you know, where you really, really like me and where maybe I'm not your favorite person that day, <laughs> you know, like, and it's even with your family members, right? Like, people go through like ups and downs, uh, but like back to the product. So like, what do I do with those 20 products that aren't selling at all? You know, like, what do you think? Like, let's just stick to teachers pay teachers right now. Um, and maybe I can share my story of, um, I mean, uh, like a fail, a recent fail, like, but I don't know if it was a fail, actually. But anyways, uh, we, we can share that after we talk about what do you do when you have a product. The thing is, is those 20 products, they're so old. And do I believe in them anymore? I mean, I don't, really know like do I have the energy to like figure out what the heck is wrong with them and why people aren't buying them no so <laughs> I don't know like I I guess I, I also think that we should say when you make a product you should probably find out if it's something that people are actually looking for and need do you know what I mean like like I don't think you should just like go and make something just because you want to, even though that's kind of what we do all the time. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I was actually thinking about your your buddy, Amanda. Um, I guess we sometimes I call her the other Amanda. Muddening teaching. Yeah. Muddening teaching. One time she compared her TPT store or every TPT store to like going into Target. 
And she's like, you know, would you want to go to Target? Would you shop there if the shelves were all empty? Would you shop there like if the products like were really ugly? Why do people want to go to Target? Because everything's super adorable, right? If the mm-hmm. shelves were all messy and you couldn't read any of the products on the shelves, would you go to Target for fun? And so she was kind of saying that she wanted her TPT store to feel like a trip to Target where there was a lot on the shelves and it felt really fun to be there. And so I was just kind of thinking like, well, what about those products on the bottom shelves that never get bought? Should you delete them or should you keep them? I mean, I don't know. I feel like some of my products, like I kind of went the more prolific route where like I like I have a product for each one of the 50 states, right? That's one of the things I've done. And some of the states never sell because the standards in those states, they don't ask the teacher to teach about the states in those grades, right? Like third, fourth or fifth grade, that's kind of what I specialize in. And so do I beat myself up because like Nebraska never sells, but California sells all day long? I mean, I don't because I mean, I think it kind of depends on your product line. It's a part of a, if it's a part of a greater product line, I think that you should keep it. Or if it supports your overall brand message, if it only helps one teacher on one bad day, then it's a win, Right. But like I had a lot of things in my store that I don't really think belong there. And I did end up deleting about 50 products. And a lot of that was classroom decor. I am not the greatest at making classroom decor labels, binder thingies that you put in front of binders. I had like organizational products that were like things that you would print out. I had a bunch of posters and I am really not the best at making things like I don't know fashionable (laughs) I mean I and I maybe I'm beating myself up because like some of my stuff was selling a little bit but not very often and I did delete about 50 products because I was thinking do I want people to come to my store and see these classroom labels and binder covers and and posters that don't look very good you know, what are they going to think of my, of my little section of Target? Are they going to be like, oh, this lady just makes ugly labels or binder covers. So I deleted all my classroom decor from my store, but everything else, like say my Nebraska research report, I think I've sold four of them in seven years, <laughs> right? Like I, I believe in that product because it goes along with what I want to do, which are research reports and projects and PBLs. I believe in it. It's a part of a greater vision that I have. So I'm going to keep it. And could I try a little harder to sell that? Sure. I could go blog about Nebraska or a Nebraska teacher could use this. You know what I mean? Facebook ads. I think you can actually target teachers in Nebraska with Facebook ads. Yeah. See, I could get more down to business about it if I wanted. But for me, it's sort of like, okay, do all of these products support one my best work or what I'm passionate about or what I believe in in the classroom, then if yes, then I keep it. And if the products are just something I threw together because it was, I was new on TPT and didn't know what I was doing, I deleted those products. So anyway, that's my personal philosophy, but I don't think that anyone, you know, philosophies are 
you know, they're, they're personal to you, right? Like some other person might be like, that's crazy. If you made it, you should keep it in your store or, you know, why not have it? If you put time and effort into it, if it's still good, keep it around. I don't know. Everybody, some people think that they should delete anything that hasn't sold in the last year. Some of my buddies do that. If it hasn't sold in a year or like, it's like that old thing. If you haven't worn something in your closet in a year, you should donate it and get rid of it. Or if there's something in your house that has been in storage for a year and you never use it, you should toss it, right? Some people have the one year rule. I just have the, what's my vision? What's my goal? If this helps one teacher, would I be happy to hear from them about it? If yes, then I keep it around. But if it's something kind of embarrassing, like I felt like some of my labels were embarrassing. I was just like, what am I thinking? Like, I like them personally, but compared to other labels out there, oh, I don't know. I was just being, I don't know. I was being really weird. And (laughs) I was trying to be Sheila Jane. I do remember Sheila J. Yeah. Do you remember she put her whole store or like she had a big store and she put it all for free and then she just deleted it because it was, well, it didn't go with her vision. It's not what she wanted to do anymore. She well, didn't want to do that. Well, and also like, I feel like this goes back to, was that a failure? Like to me, everything that I've done as an entrepreneur has been a learning experience and I don't know, I love beach body. I love working out. I've been working out so much lately. Um, beach body. Do you know beach body? Yeah, everybody body. knows Beachbody. Okay, well, um, Autumn Cabrice, she's mm-hmm. like one of the most famous beach body coaches. Do you know her? Yeah, and I actually have a story to tell you about her after the shows. I don't want to say it out loud. Oh no, come on. Well, okay. I know that sometimes she says things that I disagree with for sure during working out and stuff, but she, I love her take on like failure. The only failure is quitting, but I don't even think that quitting is a failure necessarily because when you quit, you know, there's a reason for it, you know? And like, I I think even quitting might not necessarily be I don't think that's even a failure, like, or stopping, like, stop, like, I don't know what, I just think that, like, every experience in life is a learning experience, even if it's a negative one. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Um, and I have a bunch of elementary, like, math products in my store. Um, And, you know, I, I don't think any, I think maybe I have one product that's never sold. Uh, but yeah, like I, I do have like, you know, it only has sold five times in like a decade or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if I should just like deactivate it so that my target looks nice or whatever, you know, and more niche. That's another thing. Like, do you only want to focus on one niche and only have those types of products in your store? Or is it okay to like have a variety of things? Like, because my niche is teaching, you know, middle and now high school reading and writing and doing it in an engaging way, you know, in workshop and and doing it in an equitable way. Um, and I do want to create products around neurodiversity now too, but like, you know, do I delete my elementary math products? What do you think? You think I should keep them if a few people are buying them and benefiting from them, right? Because who actually visits TPT stores? 
I do all the time. I don't. I just search for what I want. Like, and I visit their store if I'm like, oh my gosh, this was such a good product. I need to find out more about this person. That's when I go um, and visit a store. But I don't just like go searching around stores. Do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Why? As a teacher or just because you're curious? Both. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times I, if I get a good product, I go look at the store. If I get a bad product, I go look at the store. If I'm just like looking for something, but I mean, a lot of them are people that have built a brand. And so I'm looking for them specifically, like what, what else do they have? Um, Yeah. So in that way, you're, but I will be honest, the the people stores I go to, unless it's like, it really, it kind of depends on what I'm getting. But yeah, I I do go to stores and I look at every single product to make sure I'm not missing something. Like, here's an example. I had to teach and this store got deactivated, I believe, for copyright infringement. Okay. So I used to teach a program called Wit and Wisdom. It is an ELA program. And Wit and Wisdom, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's a really complicated program to teach. And they, I, I felt at the time they didn't give me enough resources or materials to teach it to full fidelity. I'm quoting my old principal now. <laughs> and so I went to Teachers Pay Teachers and I found, I found slide, a slide deck for every single lesson and wit and wisdom. And I bought them and they were hundreds of dollars, so expensive, but they were so good and they saved me so much time. And it was something I needed so bad that I kept going back to the person's store, even though I was following their store, I kept going back and I was like scouring their listings and searching their store to see if they had anything else for fourth grade. And I was even open to buying other things for fourth grade that didn't have to do with wit and wisdom, just because I did like these products. It was a very small store and I went and looked and the store has like, it only has one product in it now. And I'm thinking it was copyright infringement because, you know, if you make a product so close to a curriculum, that curriculum company could come in and, and shut you down. And I did a little bit of digging and I am. I am like 99.9% certain that that's why this person had to kind of close their store. Um, But anyway, I did, I did go in their store. I look at my buddy's stores all the time to see what they're doing, how they're improving. So, you know, when they're talking about their products or I see them on social media, I can kind of like put, put their stores in my head. And most of my buddies are secondary ELA teachers. I, I don't teach secondary ELA. I'm now a elementary school librarian, you know, so, but I do go in to support my friends and see what they're doing, learn more about their business strategies and product lines, but that's because I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and that same thing happened. I feel like that's the perfect thing to happen with your store is a customer searches a keyword, you know, or key phrase in teachers pay teachers. Cause I feel like this is kind of the funnel, right? So they search something, your product pops up on the first page, the cover, I mean, the cover, the title, the keywords you're using are really, really important. So these are things you can kind of like toy with, right. To like improve a product, your cover, your keywords. And then you, you're like, Oh, that looks interesting. Um, and the cover kind of needs to be like scroll stopping, right? Like not too much text on it, like good pictures. And I found 
like actual product pictures, the product in action, like actual pictures, you know, are really, really powerful, like on a cover. Um, and, and so then they click on it and then they click on the preview and the preview is so important, right? Like having a really high quality preview that really gives you like all the information you need to know about what the product actually is and how you can use it and how it helps you. Um, right. And so you click the preview and then the person buys and it, because they think, wow, okay, this is exactly what I need. This solves my problem right now. It's easy to use. They download it. They love it. They're like, oh my gosh, I need more. I need the next thing. Right. And so then you've hooked them into your funnel, into your store, into your product. And I'm going to tell you right now, as a teacher who was teaching ancient civilizations, sixth grade last year, I discovered a store, a uh, student savvy. I'm going to give her a shout out. Her products are so awesome um, because they're like interactive Google slideshows for every single civilization. And then she had like the students use, right? So you just like download it and it's for students. Plus she has slides for the teachers to like teach all the concepts in the interactive um like Google slide that students are using. Right. Um, and yeah, so like I bought the first civilization and I was like, this was so helpful. It saved me so much time. And then I like went back and visited and I was like, I need this and I need this slideshow. And so getting, yeah, like having your store kind of be like that, like a funnel where it's like, oh, I need this thing. And then this thing, and then, oh, they have this and that, ah, like target, right? Like I go to target to buy a swimsuit for my daughter and I leave with like 20 other things because it's like, oh, what I, uh, I need that, that, that. Oh, I forgot I need that. Um, so yeah, I think that's where you really want to be. Like that's the ideal scenario on Teachers Be Teachers. Yeah, wasn't that a good um, example kind of like correlation? I, I just thought when I heard Amanda say that, I always think of that now as like, how does my store, like are my shelves full of stuff that people are going to like, or do I need to work on that a little bit more? Yeah. And I, I really am considering deactivating. I don't necessarily know if I'll delete my elementary things, especially when it comes to math. But I also, one of my top selling products is a social studies. It's a government simulation for third grade. Um, and that product makes me so much money and I can't, you know, it has nothing to do with teaching, reading or writing or, and actually oh, I've had teachers, money. I would not delete it. I know. And I've had teachers actually message me uh, saying, would you please make this for middle and high school? Like to teach government to like upper grade kids because it's an elementary product. So it's kind of cutesy, you know, I used, um, here's another example, melon heads. Yeah. That clip artist. She's another example of someone who's made, I'm sure millions and millions of dollars because she has all. I don't know art. if she's made millions and millions. Well, and once you buy some of her clip art and it's in your products, you want to like be consistent and you want to go back to melon heads and buy some more of her yeah. clip art, you know, and you need, um, you know, like diverse clip art, you know, that's representative of all of our student populations and things. 
Um, and I know there's a lot of clip artists that really have been scrambling to, you know, make their clip art more diverse um, and representative of our student population. So, um, and I do think that teachers should deactivate things that they might, that are maybe questionable and aren't really representative of other di diver diversity. You know, if you have products that only have like white people in it, I, I think you should probably deactivate it. I even have a product um, that talks about skiing and it has like a writing example of skiing because I'm just really into skiing. And I realized, you know, like that product really needs to be changed because skiing is like a white rich person activity. And you really have to be careful as a teacher about kind of like the experiences you're talking about with kids because they might not necessarily relate to a rich white woman's not that I'm rich, but like, you know, just a white woman's background. Um, anyways, I was going to tell a story about kind of just a recent, but I don't know if we have time. Maybe I should save it for another episode. Um, yeah, I mean, we do have time, but I wanted to give a quick shout out. Like if anyone wants to see like a really good product line or one of my favorite targets of teachers pay teachers i had to go look up the store name real quick it's called think think tank think tank is the store and i do go shopping in this this is one of the stores i go shopping in because like if you go there uh she just <clears throat> she has a lot of different categories but the whole like she has a she has an escape room on every single event you can imagine the in in um world and american history an escape room and they all kind of like you can expect to get the same thing there's just hundreds and hundreds of how many she has she has 2400 products in her store 2400 and she kind of has like a you know she has a template and she has like she has a whole like she has reading comprehension on all these subjects. And then she has escape rooms, all these subjects. One thing that I could not get enough of is she has these digital learning slideshows. And um, I was buying those during the pandemic because I wanted like a nice Google slideshow to show and something to teach while the kids were on the Zoom calls and I could just play her shows and they were interactive for the kids. They could tell me, okay, which one am I going to click on? And and then I'd click on something and something would happen. And so she has so many, like I said, 2,400. I don't know how she sleeps. I don't know. She must have a team of people helping to create these products because there's no way you could have 2,500 of these really juicy, rich products. I mean, it's just, it's everything. But if you wanted to see product lines and like what it could look like, my favorite part is uh, she kind of keeps the same sort of cover and color on all of her covers. And it's not this, it's very simple. It's very basic. It's not, but once you get one, you want them all and they're, they're not cheap, right? Like, I mean, to get one oh. of those Google slideshows, it was like seven, seven bucks. That's for not one. expensive. Jeez, really? People think well, that's for expensive? Me, yeah. I was $7 for one slideshow and one lesson is a lot for me. 
Like okay. well, I, I'm used to more like a $3 lesson. That's usually what I pay for on TP, TPT. So the fact I'm paying like more than double for these, but I'm like, I can't get enough of them. And now every time I'm like, oh, I have like a one hour lesson to teach and I'm not sure what to do. And I'm always going to her store specifically, but 2,500 products. I mean, that takes, that's a lot of work to get that many products. And, you know, I'm just saying, like, you could have that idea of having, like, a very prolific store. Um, and I'm sure she doesn't sell all those products. But, you know, she probably, you know, she she gets people like me to keep coming back. And I'll go to her very, she has 828 pages of products. And sometimes I will go to the very last page to see what new, like, or I'll sort to see her newest products. And I'm sure she's never sold those products, but she, since she hooked me, I'm looking for them. I'm like, okay, I already have the first 50 pages. Let's go to the last page and see. So, I mean, I am scrolling through as a customer, very excited to look at this store, just like I would go to Target. Anyway, I wanted to give her a little shout out. I was trying to think like, who do I go and just spend like, I could spend an hour or two hours in her store and not want to leave. And it's not fancy looking. It's not. Um, and I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to dog her or anything, but I mean, they're very simple covers, very, very simple, but it's just like, I, I don't know. It's exactly what I need. Like she, she's dialed into like what teachers are looking for. So if yeah. you, I think it's good to go to other stores, get some inspiration, not to steal their ideas, but just to get an idea of like, what are they talking about? What do you mean a store that's like target? What? This would be one I would recommend. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm looking at her, her store and I do see a lot of things. And I think that's also important. Um, a lot of things I'm interested in buying. Uh, that your See? your product needs to be I don't know like really like simple for teachers to use and like just like plug and play kind of thing because I do think that's what teachers are on teachers pay teachers for kind of plug and play activities and when I first started my store that's not what I was doing you know I was really like writing full out lessons um with lots of text and things. And I'm just realizing, you know, I think a lot of teachers are looking for just like, I just want a slideshow, you know, like just give me a freaking slideshow. I'll figure out how to teach the lesson. Like I don't have time to read this whole lesson. Um, and so, yeah, that's really kind of what I'm focusing on. Cause I think a lot of my best selling products are those kind of plug and play um, products and not the kind of really lengthy things with too much, too many words um, but okay, let me just share my story real quick. So we've been talking a lot about teachers pay teachers and like what to do when a product isn't selling on teachers pay teachers. And I think we've talked a lot about what to do, you know, and I feel like there are a lot of things you can do if you really believe in that product. Right. Um, should we review those things or just keep moving on. I, I, yeah. I mean, I think a review is good. What was I saying? Like learn more about Facebook ads and social media marketing ads. Uh, you could definitely, 
Uh, ask influencers to share your product, pay them, ask your friends and family to share. You could also do a giveaway. I didn't mention that earlier, but you could do a giveaway. Like if anyone's interested in this product, I'm going to be giving one away and you could collect email addresses through that giveaway. Um, and then you could kind of see who's interested in it. And a lot of people that join the giveaway, well, if they're interested in winning, they may end up buying, right? So, I mean, there's so stuff you could do to kind of, you were talking about targeted ads, right? I yeah, mean, that, well, and, learning and also, more about those. Also, like uh, optimizing, you know, the cover, the keywords, um, the preview, uh, looking at other stores, yeah, that are doing really well with those same keywords. You know, what do those covers look like? Look like? What do those previews look like? Yeah, kind of scoping out other successful stores, I think, can help. Um, and... Um, what was I going to say? Something I forgot what I was, I'm like losing my train of thought. Cause you said something earlier that I you were going to tell your one last story about, and it, are you going to tell the story about not teachers pay teachers? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Email, but I also think like emailing, like developing a list, you know, sharing your product with your list, um, emailing people and even sharing it with other teachers and saying like, what do you think about this? Um, but if you don't care about the product that much, you know, like why go through all the trouble, just deactivate it or delete it or whatever. Um, cause I do think that it's probably more important to focus on the products that are making you money than trying to change the products that aren't making you money and also doing market research, right? Like finding out what are, what do teachers need? What are teachers searching? What are like yeah. What are they talking about in Facebook groups? Like what are their challenges around this topic um, and designing more plug and play stuff rather than like complicated things. Um, okay. So yeah, this is a long episode. I really, really am passionate about teaching uh, teachers uh, how to implement equitable uh, teaching practices, grading practices, and engaging students, right? So like, these are really important topics for me and things that I've uh, developed a lot of knowledge and experience around. Um, and I'm white, you know, I'm a white woman. Uh, and so talking about equity and social justice and things like that, and, and, and like trying to sell a course and build a course on these topics, is really kind of scary, you know, because I'm not, you know, a person of color. I mean, I am a quarter Mexican, but I look like a white woman, right? Like, so I'm not, I don't really identify as someone like a person of color, uh, even though I am a quarter Mexican, <laughs> uh, but I identify as a white woman. And so, yeah, like I have shared this kind of imposter syndrome uh, with some of my really close friends who also care deeply about equity. And I really got like a lot of boosts of confidence from these people. Um, and so I think that's really important, you know, to like talk to people who love you and share what you're doing with them. And because I think that, yeah, we do need as entrepreneurs, we need love and support, you know, and like feeling like, yeah, like what you have to say really matters. Like what you're selling 
is important, you know, and I, I don't know. I just think that we really do rely on each other and like relationships and connection. And what one of my friends said is we need more white women talking about this, Amanda, like you need to be a voice in this realm. Like it's, you know, people of color, like black and brown people, like they, yeah, like they can be talking about this and so can white people. Like, it's not like, and so, um, so I jumped, I, I took the plunge. I, uh, developed this whole package. Um, and I, uh, I took this course called the course course by Courtney, uh, Foster Donahue, who's amazing. And the course is very expensive. And one of her, uh, one of her modules in the course is you sell the course before you build it. So you're basically getting paid to make your course. Uh, and so you, and of course you're going to make all of that stuff throughout the course, right? Like, but you're also going to be interacting with your customers, with the people who bought, uh, as you're building so that you're using their input, you're kind of making a course with feedback, with constant feedback and constant questions. So you can kind of embed what people need into the course as you build it. Right. So I created this whole package. I emailed my list. Um, and I have a, I don't know, I have a big list. It's not huge. Um, but I, I have a pretty big list, you know? Um, and I, I had really great open rates, like 50% of, of people opened, uh, the first email that I sent about my new course, the empowered English classroom, uh, 50%, which is like, I don't know that I'm going to tell you what my email list is like 4,000 people opened this email. Like they actually opened it, you know, and read it. Um, and in the email I said, like, reply back if you're interested in hearing more about this course. Okay. And so I got, you know, I think I got like 20 teachers reply back. I'm very interested in this. This is something I need, you know, and that's really cool. Like to get that feedback, but that's not very many, like, I don't know what the conversion rate is of that, but that's really low. Like of the 5,000 teachers who opened the email, only 20 replied back. And by the way, this is the end of the school year, right? So you got to kind of think about the timing of all of this. Um, and they all emailed me back and I followed up with all of them, shared the info sheet, shared where they could pay. Um, and, you know, a bunch of them kind of emailed me questions and things like that. And then I had to email and no one bought, no one bought, no one bought. And I priced it really low, like $232. And I plan to sell this course for 500 eventually because it's very comprehensive and helpful and so many good tools. Um, no one bought, no one bought. I got a few emails saying this is too expensive. Um, I'm teaching summer school. I'm not going to have time. Um, just a lot of rejection, you know, a lot of like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, blah, 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 blah. Um, no one bought, no one bought, uh, no one bought, 0% conversion. Uh, what am I going to do now? Right? Like, am I going to think, oh, this sucks? Like, what I have, like, I suck, like I did all this work, no one's buying my conversion rates so low. No, 
I mean, no, I believe in what I, I believe in this course. I believe that it can really help a lot of teachers. Uh, and so I, I just think it was the wrong timing because I was promoting this at the end of May when school's out. Um, I also think maybe I could play around with the pricing, which we should do an episode about the pricing. Maybe I need an actual sales page, not just a Google doc, but Courtney Foster Donahue, like her thing is like, be as simple as possible. Get this stuff out there as fast as possible. You know, like get your ideas out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, just do it, you know? And so I don't know, there's a lot. Of, and also I'm kind of relieved uh, <laughs> that I don't have to like take care of a group of teachers for the month of June. And I can kind of like maybe do a little other, like some other things. So I'm really like, I think it was a learning experience. I think I know there are people that are interested. 5,000 people opened my email about this. Um, I forget what the subject line was. It was something like, would you be into this? Question mark. So that was the subject line that got that many teachers to open. Um, and then, uh, or maybe it was work with me this summer, question mark, something like that. Um, but yeah, like, so I'm not looking at it as a, 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 as a failure. I'm looking at it as uh, it's not me. It's the timing. It's maybe the price. It's, um, you know, like, Maybe the right teachers didn't see that. Maybe I needed to follow up more, you know, maybe I needed to email more. Um, and I know a lot of teachers feel like, oh, I feel bad about emailing so much. I don't, I think you should email as much as possible. I mean, you're paying for that email list. Like, and if people unsubscribe, good, they're not, they were never going to buy in the first place. So anyways, that's a lot of like fail, 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 fail. No. I don't think it was a failure. Zero zero percent conversion rate. I'm not done. I'm going to build this course and I'm going to find people who want to buy it. It's just not right now. So that's my story. <laughs> well, thanks think? for sharing it. I think this was a great episode. Well, and I think it could be cut into two. We could do part one, part two. If you want, if you want to do the editing. <laughs> No, I don't mind. I think the editing is totally, it's so easy. I yeah, use Audacity, okay. by the way. Oh, you use Audacity? Yeah, I love Audacity, but it is kind of the a name movie. Audacity. It's audacious. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then also like we, I think there's also, we could do an episode about self-sabotage. Like being too scared to put yourself out there and market because I feel like a lot of teachers, they get really uh, defeated too quickly, you know, like, uh, no one wants my thing. I quit. This is, yeah. this is hard. And I think when you're an entrepreneur, you really got to develop kind of like thick skin. So I think that's a good takeaway. Yeah. That. Maybe that'll be a future episode. Yes. Are we ready to end? Good. Okay. Yes. Goodbye. Toodles. We're doing Toodles. Namaste and toodles. toodles. Thanks for listening to this extremely serious episode brought to you by some truly wacky teacherpreneurs. Visit our website, wackyteacherpreneurs.com to get more support growing your business. Please leave us a five-star review. And remember, if you share this podcast with 10 other people, you'll have good luck forever.